live from the Hot Stove Lounge. The Flames Talk postgame show starts now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, let's go right to the Flames locker room as we kick things off on our Flames Talk postgame show. It's Pat Steinberg along with you following a 3 nothing loss for the Flames here to the St. Louis Blues. And uh, let's go immediately to uh, Chris Tanev, who's joining us right now. Chris, I really appreciate the time. Uh, just uh, how, how, do you, uh, how do you describe this one? How did this one play out uh, in, in your perspective tonight? Yeah, not a, not a very good effort at all. Um terrible start and that continued uh, the whole way through the game did you was was there any point where it felt like uh, your group got to their game tonight in your mind Chris uh, not really to be honest I mean we give give up four or five breakaways take four or five penalties a game so if we keep playing like that it's gonna be tough to win what's it gonna take for for this to get turned around in your eyes Everyone needs to take a good look, hard look in the mirror and evaluate their game and, and come ready to work tomorrow with a, a good attitude and a winning attitude. You're one of the leaders inside this room. You've, you've seen a lot. You've done a lot. What's, what's important to make sure that frustration doesn't uh, – you, you can use it as a tool, but maybe it doesn't take over and become a detriment. How do you not let frustration get the better of you as a group? Yeah, we just we need to work. So I I think you when you work hard, good things are ha- going to happen, and and that's uh, what we need to do. So we, I mean, we need to put the the foot on the gas, and everyone needs to to work hard like it's uh, their last game, a game seven, and and good things will start to happen. Chris, uh, I really appreciate the time. Thanks for doing this. No worries. That's Chris. Uh, that's Chris Tanev. Post game following tonight's three nothing loss here at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome to the St. Louis Blues. Uh, the Blues uh, kick things off with a goal early, shorthanded uh, at eleven twenty three. Kasperi Kapanen's shorthanded breakaway ends up being the game winner. And uh, yeah, that's uh, the way things went. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post game show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live right here on. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, uh, 403-240-4444. Your phone numbers, if you want to chat already, we're not uh, we're not even, well, I mean, we're close to getting to phone calls, but we're still a little ways away from getting to phone calls, and we are jammed. Text line open at 960-960 as well. We'd love to hear from you on both the phone lines and the text line. Uh, we've already heard from Chris Tanev. We'll be uh, also heading, uh, we'll hear live from Dan Lambert, assistant coach here in our hot stove lounge. We'll hear from head coach Ryan Huska and more inside the Calgary Flames locker room. Uh, let's bring Derek Wills in as well. Megan Mickelson will join us very shortly down here. Uh, the elevator's broken at one end. Again. Of the- <laughs> yeah, again. Um, but Willsey has uh, Willsey's joined us here in the hot stove lounge as well on Flames Talk postgame. Uh, we just heard from Chris Tanev and he said everybody's got to look themselves in the mirror and uh, got to come to work and, and you can't get down on yourself you can't get, start feeling sorry for yourself you just gotta come in and and work to the best of your ability that might be the only thing that gets them out of this Derek you mentioned it right before you threw downstairs 118 uh what is it 118 45 that's yep. how essentially two consecutive games they haven't scored a goal and since Blake Coleman scored 75 seconds in on Tuesday they look frustrated. They look discombobulated. Mick must have used the term disconnected 400 times today on the broadcast because that's Still what they, not enough. That's, yeah, that's what they look yeah. like. Um, that, that, was, that was tough to watch tonight. It really was one of the tougher games I can remember uh, in 10 seasons calling Flames games, quite frankly. 
and you can just see the frustration oozing out of their pores right now. They need something good to happen. I mean, they had a hard time getting shots and chances in this game. At least in some of their other losses this season, we were able to, to after the game, say, well, you know, they outshot their opponent or they outchanced their opponents or they had shots and they had chances and they just didn't finish. Tonight, shots were hard to come by. Chances were extremely hard to come by. And I do give the Blues a lot of credit for playing a really good road game and for making life difficult for the Flames. But, yeah, they've got to fight through this. And it would be good to get to a point where Ryan Huska doesn't feel like he has to throw his lines into a blender every five minutes. When coaches are happy... They will leave lines and pairings together forever. Clearly, he's not happy with what he's seeing. And benching the highest-paid player in the history of the franchise for a good chunk of the second period, I think, says a lot about that player and about the team, too. Nick's joined us now as well. Megan Mickelson here on our Flames Talk post-game show. As you were walking in, I said, you must have used the term disconnected 400 times. <laughs> That's what they, like, they, it's, it, true. It's, it's the best word to use yeah. for it. Like that, they, they looked like a group that, that could not complete a pass, and, and they, they looked like a frustrated group, and, and that can lead to being a really disconnected group. I would say disconnected and disjointed and just all out of sorts in terms of positioning on the ice and executing in terms of passing and then when they did get a few good looks at the end there it was you know the same story and just that they couldn't finish but one thing that I didn't necessarily love was just the amount that the lines were changing in that game as well. I understand what the coaching staff is trying to do. They're trying to find something. They're trying to find some chemistry. But just to play devil's advocate to that a little bit, it's also really hard as a player when they're changing that much. And I know the communication with this coaching staff to the players has been outstanding this year. But there's no way that they can communicate as much as the lines were changing within that game and as much as they have been changing over the course of the last few games. And as a player, when, when it changes, it's like you go in your head a little bit and you're like, okay, like, is it something I'm doing? Is it something somebody else is doing? Or So you do, as much as you try not to go there, you do go there a little bit and it can impact your play and your performance. So... Well, how long it, it was, what, about three minutes to go in the first period when we first saw them go into the blender. They started with new lines compared to what we saw to end the game on Tuesday. Uh, they loaded up for like 17 minutes with mm-hmm. uh, uh, with the Kadri huberdo lindholm line together. Then that got split apart. And again, outside of the backland line, everything got thrown into the blender once again. And that was that was before the end of the first period, Mick, they, mm-hmm. they started going down that road. Well, and after the game on Tuesday, I thought those lines to me, the first 20 minutes of the game, that was the most in terms of early chemistry that we've seen from lines. So I was sort of hoping that after the game on Tuesday that they just would have left the lines as they were. And then you just, and I know Adam Rzichka was out, so you had to make an adjustment there, but there comes a point where you do have to kind of say, okay, we did see something here. And I know they left uh, Hunt, Coronado, and Dubé together. So obviously that was a line that they liked. Um, But just in terms of, yeah, that consistency, you do need a little bit of that too. But at one point in time, Dryden Hunt, 
who was a healthy scratch in the first six games, had taken Jonathan Huberto's spot mm-hmm. on the left side of the first line. Yeah. And he did a great job. I'm not job. sure you can send a much clearer message yeah. than that. And, and you made a great point, Mick, when you said that's not just a message to Jonathan Huberto. That's a message to the entire team. Hey, if I can bench the highest paid player, I can bench anybody. And Ryan Huska, to his credit, has fired a few warning shots mm-hmm. in recent media availabilities, saying, if you're not doing what you need to do, I'm going to take your ice time away and then I'm going to sit you down. And it's not easy for a, a rookie head coach to, to do that to a guy like Jonathan Huberto. But to Huska's credit, he did it. And to Huberto's credit, after spending the majority of the second period on the bench, I thought he came out and played some pretty inspired hockey after that. Mm-hmm. So clearly the message was received. Uh, it's a uh, 3 nothing setback to St. Louis here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Pat Steinberg, Megan Mickelson, Derek Wills around the table. Now we say hello to uh, Flames assistant coach Dan Lambert, who joins us here in the Hot Stove Lounge as well. Uh, Dan, appreciate the time. How, how, do you, uh, how do you break this one down tonight here against St. Louis? Well, I didn't think we were <clears throat> very sharp early in the game, which, um, you know, led to a lot of turnovers and, and gave them a lot of momentum. Um, not that they did anything special. I think it was more us just not being connected, not executing simple pla- simple passes, not just not sharp. Um, certainly, you, don't, you can't start games like this at this level in this league and expect to have success. Um, you know, unfortunately, um, didn't feel like there was a lot of energy. Um, from from our players, a lot of bite, a lot of um, pride. So it, it it was a it was a not the effort that certainly we, we were looking for, and uh, it, it's got to get better. Yeah, and being connected—that's something that you guys have talked a lot about. And an, another theme that has come up is consistency. I guess just in terms of there's been you know a lot of changes to lines and that sort of things and good starts from your team but not being able to finish just in terms of consistency I guess what are you guys looking for as a coaching staff well there's not many games there's not in in any sport you need effort you know you need consistent effort first and foremost and um you know and I mean and, and it's not just one guy it's not three guys you know it's 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 just as a team we we've got to do a better job of that um I think you know, getting on the same page. I mean, that's that should be automatic. You know, and you should be playing for one another, and um, and we're not there yet. And you know, at the end of the day, we we've we've got to find a way. And it, it, typically, it starts with one you know one shift followed by another, followed by another. You get momentum. Things change. Things can change in a hurry, in in this league, in this game, uh, within the game. And uh, unfortunately, tonight we just—it just didn't happen. And um, you know, nobody's excited about that, happy about that. But I think the players have to take ownership on on some of the, you know, um, how how they show up for every single shift. They have a job to do, and mm-hmm. so does everybody here at this table. Mm-hmm. You know, and and um, you have to do it to the best of your ability. And I think that there's a lot of guys that right now, including the coaching staff, we have to look at ourselves in the mirror. That's really well said, Dan. Uh, when I was introducing the starting goaltenders early in the first period, I read off Jacob Markstrom's stats, and I said, I don't care what the stats say. I think he's given the Flames a chance to win every game he's played in this season. I thought he was your best player tonight. 
did you see it the same way, and have you liked what he's brought so far this season? Uh, I I agree with you 100%. You know, he's, he's been phenomenal. Um, you know, I'll start with the penalty kill. I mean, if it's not for him making the saves that he's made, our penalty kill is nowhere, doesn't have close to the numbers that, that we're having. Um, and every night he has made key sa- key saves at key times to whether to keep us in the game or to allow us to keep a lead or whatever it's been. Now, that's been a while since we've had that. But, you know, at the end of the day, he has done his job. He shows up every day and he, he works at practice and he there is absolutely zero um, blame on him. I have a, a tactical question on the penalty kill, just out of curiosity. Um, so when the puck is up at the blue line and there's a player on the goal line, are you guys having the player with their the defenseman, if it's the defenseman, they're stick to the middle of the ice to try to protect the middle? Or is it stick to the outside to prevent the pass from going from high to low? So... Not to give away any secrets, but no. as a defenseman, I'm super curious. Yeah. So, okay. So now, if you're talking the pucks in the middle of the, I, I mean, I, I'm, I think you're talking the pucks more on the side. Yeah. I mean, typically, um, the most dangerous part of the ice is the middle of the ice, and you know, we will give that goal line because at the end of the day, okay. from there, we can we can not allow a pass. Where if you have your stick to the outside, they can use a shot pass, they can right. use a seam pass. I mean, there's a lot of things that they can do. So first and foremost, we try to protect the middle of the ice and we try to allow nothing through our coverage. Okay. So I don't know if that That answers, answers your my question, question yeah. yes. Yeah. Dan, I think it's safe to say that both Alberta teams had pretty high expectations to start the season and unless the orders battle back from a three nothing deficit in the third period it looks like the two teams are going to have three wins combined going into the heritage classic on sunday you can't worry about your opponent you got to worry about yourself so what's it going to take for the flames to to snap the four game losing streak win the heritage classic and and get things turned around here well i think first and foremost it's like i talked about it's effort mm-hmm. i mean i think our comp- our compete level at the puck's got to get has got to raise and 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 it's not like we don't have it in us we have it we just got to go out there and do it um i don't know if we're feeling sorry for ourselves i don't know what you know or maybe we're looking forward to the to the uh heritage classic i mean uh, there's you know but at the end of the day um the only thing that matters now is the next game and it's the start of the game and it's the first shift and then it's the next shift Mm -hmm. and then and that's where we can build from there uh just two more with you dan lambert flames assistant coach first of all i I do want to ask you is it was really cool seeing uh Ilya do his solo lap and uh get out there for his first nhl game what did you what did you think of uh in his debut you know what um i thought he he played well um i thought he did a lot of good things you know, and and in in a in a hard game to play in a first game because you know we we were taking on water a lot of, a lot of the game and I thought he handled himself very well. He's a he's a smart player. He competes. He he can make a first pass, which he he showed at times. He's a phenomenal shot blocker, which we saw a little bit <laughs> as well. You know, I mean, I think he played to his identity, and um, and. Uh, that's what we were hoping to see. And, and so it's really nice to see a, a, a young man get his first game and, and, and have a, a solid performance. And a final thought, you've, uh, you've been a head coach, you've been an assistant coach, you've, you've coached at all different levels. What, what goes 
into this where it feels like you know maybe frustration is is starting to get right near to the top and what, what what's the coach's job what's the coach's approach to not let frustration get the better of you well I think it's important we don't show panic I mean it's it's early in the season and you know there's a lot of new things new people in charge new coaches new and and you know we we do have some some a little a few new players a few young guys a few guys are out that you know obviously everything has an uh, has an effect on the group mm-hmm. um i think we have to we have to show confidence in the guys we have to come with a positive attitude and and doesn't mean that you don't have hard conversations it means that you have a, a good attitude and, and good outlook and and you know what i mean it's not the end of the world you know, yep. we lost a hockey game. We didn't get two points. So you play a great game. You don't get the two points. You don't play well. You know, you got to move on because you start looking back and, and dwelling on losses. It, it's a real long season. So we've got to move forward here. We've got a big game uh, coming up, and, and uh, let's enjoy it. It's a, it's a, you know, chance of a lifetime for a lot of these guys yep. to play in an outdoor mm-hmm. game. Really appreciate the time, Dan. Thank you so much, hey? Thanks, guys. That's uh, Dan Lambert, Flames assistant coach, joining us here uh, following uh, tonight's 3 nothing setback to uh, the St. Louis Blues here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Flames are off to Edmonton to take on the Oilers for the 2023 Tim Hortons NHL Heritage Classic on Sunday. As uh, That was a hot shot. Is that Josh Allen throwing me the... Recorder from Matty Rose. Oof. I'd say um, it was Justin Herbert, but uh, it wasn't intercepted. See those, so. see those hands? Caught it with the shoulder and everything. Uh, Flames lose 3 nothing to St. Louis. It's uh, Derek Wills, Megan Mickelson, Pat Steinberg around the table on your Flames Talk post game. We'll get to the phone calls. Uh, we'll get to the text very shortly. We'll also hear from head coach Ryan Huska very shortly. Some strong stuff inside the Flames locker room as well that we'll hear. Um, i got to go do some editing, apparently. There's some four-letter bombs i got to make Good. sure I get out. Uh, and that's, that's important, right? I mean, I, I thought Dan broke things down really really well he was brilliant that was that was mm-hmm. outstanding um this is clearly uh it it feels if, if we were talking on tuesday about it kind of feeling like a teetering point and then this happens i know it's eight games in and i know that we're about we're less than 10 percent of a season done here but with the way things went last year and with the temperature around everything willsey it feels like uh it feels like we're kind of at a teetering point we're, we're kind of at an important crossroads with this group right now well megan and i talked about that uh, before the puck drop tonight we both thought that that game against the rangers on tuesday was an important one and when the flames lost that we both agreed that that made this game against the Blues even more important than that one was because you do have to stop the bleeding. And I know a lot of fans loved what Nikita Zadorov had to say, but I feel at this stage of the game, those comments might have been uh, better behind closed doors. Um, I do wonder if that maybe ruffled some feathers, but on the flip side, maybe that's what they need is some ruffled feathers. So uh, the fact that there were some four-letter words dropped in post-game media veil, I don't think that's a bad thing. The, the Flames have to find a way to uh, to turn the energy that uh, they're using on this frustration into yeah, yeah. they got to channel it in a more positive direction moving forward here. I know that's easier said than done, easy for me to say as uh, as the team's play-by-play announcer, but uh, they're going to have to figure out a way to do that. And, and Dan Lambert said something that I've been thinking about all week. Are they looking ahead to the Heritage Classic? Uh, they are human beings. I'm not saying that uh, they should be but I think they could be. And if we don't see a desperate hockey team on the ice at Commonwealth Stadium on Sunday, that will raise a huge red flag for me. As a matter of fact, 
we should see two desperate teams. Because as bad as things have been for the Flames, you could argue, and I would argue, they have been worse for the Oilers, who internally and certainly externally had even higher expectations to start the season, and they're one period away from being a one-win hockey team going into that game. So... I, I am anxious to see what well, happens that game, on that game, Sunday. That game's done as we're talking. It was three oh, nothing, is it? Three, okay. three nothing Rangers. Yep. Um, if you can win Sunday, I think that can be a, a turning point for you this season. You lose that game, and I know for a lot of fans, it's really going to feel like the the walls are caving in. I think you were uh, reading my notes from across the table. My eyes aren't that as... good. <laughs> <laughs> right before you said that they need to channel their emotions Did you in write the that? right way, I wrote, channel it in the right way. Come on. Literally right Great before you said alike. that. Yes. We are on the same page. That's good. Um, but yes, it's it. you want that energy and that emotion and, you know, the F-bombs or whatever, because it shows that the players care. They obviously care. And hearing Blake Coleman talk after the last game, they're tired of losing. They want to be better. But the biggest thing I took away from what Dan said is it's that you have to show the effort. You can't just talk about being frustrated or talk about being angry. You have to go out there and you have to play the right way. And it's that that accountability. Like, you can talk the talk but like go out there and show that you want to play the right way and um that's, some guys that's that. what some guys do that but it's that consistency everybody has to do that yeah. and you have to be on the same page everybody has to buy in if you don't have that full buy-in from the group you're not going to be successful as a team and i do agree the game on sunday is a massive massive game in terms of what the rest of this season could look like and yes you can't hit the panic button at the end of the day you have to think about okay how do we show up and win a hockey game? And so that's what it comes down to is showing up and putting their best effort forward, the work ethic being there, and the accountability being there. In uh, in the pregame show, you talked about uh, 2014 on the road to winning that gold medal and, mm-hmm. and the adversity that, that you and, and your group on the national team faced and having a real tough time beating the Americans leading into the Olympics. What... What allows a group that is facing adversity to get out of adversity? Because you talked about how that helped yep. you when you faced it in the gold medal game. But like, how, how do you get out of it in your experience? So one other thing, I didn't say this before the game, and it, I just thought of it. Our slogan or our theme that year, once we got into, you know, leading up to the Olymp- Olympics was unity in adversity. And the importance of coming together as a team in those tough times, that's what allows you to get out of it. It's your leadership um, that heads that and that really takes the charge and finds ways to bring your team together and just really galvanizes the group and gets everybody on the same page and gets you to buy in. So for us, it was coming up with that slogan, unity in adversity. I like that. Um, and then <laughs> I would also say Kevin Deneen, he was our coach that year. We lost our coach less than two months before the Olympics and Kevin That's Deneen right. came That's in right. and we were really, really struggling leading up to the Olympics and I'm not saying the flames need to do this, but Kevin Deneen was, he was like, you guys are so bad. Like you just, you need to go out as a team and you need to have a good time. 
he gave us his credit card and told us to go have some drinks and just relax. And that actually, it really brought us together as a team. And, um, but also our leadership and sorry, I'm not saying the flames need to go out and <laughs> have a night or anything like that, but I think they, they do. They need to find a way to like, to come together as a group. And however you do that, I don't care. I don't think anybody cares, but bringing the team together. So we had, you know, that slogan, um, we went and ha- had some fun as a team and just socialized and, and had fun together. Um, and then we also had a t-shirt. So we had, um, uh, we had T-shirts, and we all had a different piece of a puzzle on the shirt. And we would—it was almost like mandatory. You had to wear it for warm-ups and cool-downs. And it was just a reminder that everybody is a piece of the puzzle at the end of the day. But the—you know—you don't come together and create that big picture unless you have every piece of the puzzle brought to the table. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's coming together as a group. That's what it's really yep. going to take. No, I, I like that, and, and it's funny. I'm just listening and editing up some audio as I'm listening to you and Nikita Zadorov. Just first thing he said is, I'd like to apologize to our fans and because uh, they got booed off We're the We're playing ice. like blank. playing like mm-hmm. bleep right now, and uh, Elias Lindholm dropped a, a four-letter bomb that starts with S as well. So uh, we'll hear it all as we continue along on our Flames Talk postgame, but it that is, I don't know how easy it is. I really don't. I, you just hear, Mick, hear you talking about how that's a way that you can use kind of the, the frustration and channel it properly. Here's a real test for the Flames that they're going to have to do it. And I'm so, I, one game at the Heritage Classic, great, but like they, they've, got, they've got a pretty big hole to dig out of here to start getting this, this frustration put behind them. That would be a huge win mm-hmm. in, in so many ways because you've lost four in a row you're you're bleeding out right now uh you need something good to happen uh any win against the Oilers uh, feels bigger than a win against any of the other 30 teams in the league it's going to be on uh international stage outdoors at com I, I mean win that game and i i really think that could be a, a jumping off point for the flames but mick I, I brought it up during the broadcast i do think it is time for the flames to get together behind closed mm-hmm. doors whether it be at a restaurant or in a conference room at the hotel up in Edmonton, or in the direct, wherever, I don't even care. They can't have my credit card, but I think they need <laughs> to, to sort some stuff out. Yeah. I do. I mean, between the comments made by Zadorov earlier this week, which I'm guessing probably didn't sit that well with some of his teammates, and maybe that's what he was going for, but I think this team, they need to look themselves in the mirror, and they need to look each other in the eyes mm-hmm. and, and get this. They... they they can be a way better hockey team than what we've seen. So they just got to figure out how to get there. Um, let's uh, hit a couple of pieces of business before we hear from head coach Ryan Huska and uh, start diving in on the phone calls and the text lines. We'll hear from Nikita Zadorov, Elias Lindholm, Mackenzie Weger as well on our Flames Talk postgame show. We're underway. 3 nothing loss to St. Louis. Flames have lost 6-7 and 4 straight after that one uh, that win to start the season against Winnipeg here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Megan Mickelson, Derek Wills, Pat Steinberg. First of all, marquee matchup quickly uh, brought to you by Country Hills Toyota in the pregame show. Mick, we were talking Talking about Ilya Solovyov, uh, D, D to D, what did you think of uh, Solovyov's first game in the NHL? He was impressive. And, I mean, it was exciting this morning hearing him talk about how excited he was. He just had a massive smile on his face. I talked about it uh, 
I think it was on the pregame show how he was making sure that everything yeah. in his stall was yeah. in the exact perfect position. And so I thought he came in and he did a really good job. It's not it's not easy to to come into your first game and to really have a, a solid performance on a team that is struggling. So I thought he was he was solid. He played well. He made a lot of really good simple plays, first passes. Those are so important to try to get out of your own own end. He did a nice job. He had a, a big block shot as well. So I was impressed with his play and I mean I would keep him in the lineup. Um, let's do this right now. We'll select the hardest working flame right away. But first, let's hear from head coach Ryan Huska. Uh, his team falls 3 nothing to St. Louis. They've lost four in a row. Uh, they dropped a 2-5-1 and one on this new season. Here's head coach Ryan Huska just wrapped up at the podium. Ryan, uh, the story of the game turnovers again, is that where the game was lost? No. I mean, um, we didn't work tonight, period. So, yeah, you can throw turnovers in that mix, but um, there was a lack of work ethic tonight on our part. Is that sting a team, harder team to hear the boos coming from the fans at home? Um, I would hope it does. They deserved it. shouldn't say they. I should say we. Um, so, yeah, should. Mackenzie said um, that the boos kind of broke the team's will. Um, n- no, I mean, you, it's hard to break will first few shifts, you know, like we weren't in the third period. Um, no, I, I thought that was long gone before that point in time. Do you, have, do you have any sense of why the performance was what it was? Um, yeah, there was a lack of work ethic, you know, as to why there was a lack of work ethic. That one, I have to spend a little time figuring that one out. It, again, looked like Kadri and Hubert didn't have the best of games. Do you where, where do you think their game is at? It's not just Kadri and Huberto. So this is a collective one. So, you know, the, the games we've dropped before, there's been turnovers have been a challenge for us for sure. Um, you haven't questioned work ethic tonight. That's a different story. So that that's not acceptable. You know, mistakes are going to happen in the game of hockey, but what cannot happen is um, having um, an effort like, we saw tonight, so that's that's just should never happen. McKenzie uh, described uh, the team as sort of disconnected. Yeah. As a coach, what can you do to sort of reset things and foster those kind of connections on lines, on pairings? Yeah, it's an everyday thing for us. So you turn the page tomorrow, and we'll have a good skate for them tomorrow. And you know, I I think when you you have to be of the same mindset when you play the game. So that's important whether you're a defenseman or forward. If we're looking to quick up a puck and there's no forward there for them, then it's tough for the D-men to do that. If our D-men are going D to D and our forwards are wanting it um, quicker than that, they're ready to go the other direction. That's that's where you have to play of the same mind. Understanding that it's not fair to lay this game at the feet of, of Kadri and Huberdeau. They are obviously sort of very prominent, highly paid players. And I think fans, we, we, we've heard some frustration with them. I mean, do you want more from those two? Um, I want more from the team. I mean, I'm not going to go with those two. I mean, if, if you're expecting those two guys to win games for us, that's not going to happen. We'll be waiting for that for a long period of time. The way this team will win games is when they're competitive and they skate and they play hard. Yeah. Obviously kind of a tough environment to judge a player on his NHL debut. What did you think of Slavyov? I liked him. He was one of our better players. If I were to rate the guys down the, the lineup, I thought he gave us a pretty good game for his first one. Mackenzie also mentioned the word pride. 
Yeah. Do you think that that is an important piece for everybody to kind of remember just to play with that pride and to kind of keep you honest that way? Um, well, we're talking about one night again with effort, right? Um, so I, I think when you're, you know, you don't have a good game, the expectation is that you would go home and, and try to figure out why. And, um, and if, if things that are within your control aren't where they should be, then that's on you. Um, work ethic is something you always control. Attitude and energy are things that you always control. So those are things that guys have to look inside to see if they are there tonight. Mackenzie Weger brought up in the third period, it felt like the Blues kind of broke their will, and it seems like some of those guys in that room are a bit broken. I was just curious, what do you feel you have to do as a coach to kind of bring their spirits? It's nothing to do with broken. We just sucked tonight. That's that's it. They're not broken. They just gotta they just gotta get going. Not to use the word panic, but is there a sense of like where you're concerned with where you're at right now? How's, how are you approaching? Um, we're we're not playing good hockey right now. That's I mean that's the way it is. But there is no sense of panic right now. No. There's head coach Ryan Huska post game following tonight's three nothing loss to the St. Louis Blues. We'll uh, hear from in just a couple of minutes Nikita Zadorov some some strong comments from him very shortly as well. Following this one, it's uh, Megan, Derek, Pat on your Flames Talk post game show. Let's select tonight's hardest working flame. Brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest working plumber or HVAC tech? Canyon's hiring. Send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Uh, Mick, which way are we going on this one tonight? Well, I could give it to Jacob Markstrom, but I just gave it to him. <laughs> okay. That's fast. <laughs> so so you did. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Ilya Solovia. Nice. Yeah. Uh, first NHL game, thought that he came in and he was solid. He was a guy that I do think that he worked. He worked to get in shot lanes. He worked to make first passes. Um, yeah, he worked to defend hard. He was solid in front of the net. So he's my pick tonight. Played 16-34, played more than uh, Gilbert did tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a, a solid outing for Ilya Silovyov. Nice uh, way to kick off his NHL career, uh, despite the fact the result didn't go the way the Flames wanted. Silovyov, your hardest working flame, brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best? Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. I think we've said a lot, so if uh, you don't have a lot for final thoughts, that's fine, but uh, a couple final thoughts from our broadcast duo, uh, starting with Mick. Yeah, one final thought, just listening to Ryan Huska, and he talked about the lack of work ethic. I think there were some players that worked. There were some. I would say maybe a handful, and that's not enough. And I think Dryden Hunt is a prime example of that. He's a guy, I thought he worked really hard. Ilya Solovyov worked really hard Mm -hmm. and so you know those are guys that are you know bottom rung players that are coming into the lineup after having not played those guys can't be your hardest workers they can't be the ones leading the charge so um you know i think yes i would uh, totally agree with ryan huska and the work ethic um and, but it has to be everybody also. It can't it can't be three quarters of the team. It can't be ninety percent of the team. Like work ethic is something that you can control. And if you can't bring that, then you should probably go take a 
long, hard look in the mirror, especially for the amount of money that you're being paid. And I'm sorry, like as a female hockey player who had to show up and play my butt off night in and night out and not get paid a dime, like I get it. There are different businesses, different industries, but I just don't understand not showing up and not working and not giving your best effort. So that to me that's problematic but at the same time you know there there's time to to turn the tides and to turn the page Mm -hmm. um and but that has to come from the entire team and coming together as a group and doing it together and making sure that you're on the same page i'd have a hard time looking jacob markstrom in the eye right now Mm -hmm. for the third straight game and for the 18th time in 65 games the last two seasons they scored zero or one goal for him not good enough. He gave him a chance to win tonight. So I hope I don't hear anybody calling in or texting in, blaming the goaltender. He's been their best player yeah. this season. Sorry. Um, the good news is the Flames, I don't think, can be much worse than they were tonight. And I've got to think that as a player, if the coaches question your execution, that's one thing. If they question your effort, that's another thing. And we heard Dan Lambert do it, and we heard Ryan Huska do it. And that was to us and to the fans of the team. I've got to wonder what's being said behind closed doors right now. Mm -hmm. And you know the coaches are going to do everything they can to get this turned around, but I think it's got to be the guys in that room Mm -hmm. that just decide enough is enough, starting with the captain, Michael Backlund, putting his foot down. And they've got a lot of leaders in that dressing room. And they're missing one of them right now in, in Rasmus Anderson, and that hasn't helped them. But th- this team, they have the potential to be good, to, to fight for a playoff spot and, and get in if, uh, if things go their way. But they've got to stop the bleeding now. Yep. You know, And I think that with the way this weekend sets up, they don't play again until Sunday. They don't practice after tomorrow, they're going to go to Edmonton after the practice, and then they don't practice until 6.30 on Saturday. So I think it'd be a great time for the guys to get together and, and talk about things and figure things out. And then you better put your best effort of the season. You better give it everything you've got on Sunday evening at Commonwealth Stadium in front of the whole hockey world in a game that's going to be difficult to win because you're playing against a talented team with or without McDavid, that's a, that's a good group of players the Oilers have. And you could argue that they should be even more desperate than the Flames in the Heritage Classic because they have one win this season. So being at your best might not be good enough on Sunday, but after the game, I hope we don't hear coaches talking about how effort was the issue. Should be a fun weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, I, I hope. Good night, Pat. Uh, see y'all. See y'all tomorrow. Yeah. Bye, Pat. Uh, Megan and Derek signing off on our Flames Talk post game show. Three nothing final score. Flames got booed off the ice after forty. They got booed off the ice after sixty as well. Here's uh, Nikita Zadorov post game. His post game thoughts following tonight's two nothing loss to the Blues. Nikita, is this another night words? a very similar storyline, or do you see this as something much different? Just want to apologize to our fans. Playing like shit right now, so it's tough to watch. And no doubt tough to hear when you hear the booze and you hear 
and the displeasure. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing with Calgarians. I think they're pretty honest with you right away, so um, they'll let you know right away. And, I mean, that's not what we want to hear, definitely. Is there is there a sense of panic right now in that room? Like, how are you guys dealing with this? No, there's no panic. I mean, we we all grow up man and see here, you know? It's our, it's our life, it's our job. So only one path out of it, it's together. Um, it has seemed to be there have been games where it's been the defense. There's been games that you know, the last sort of almost two games, really since Blake scored, has been almost 120 minutes with no goals. Have any idea why it's been hard to sort of generate consistent pressure and, and, and goal scoring opportunities? Yeah, I mean, uh, play a couple of good teams, obviously. Um, I don't think we created enough. Um, you need to create some chances to score a goal. Their goal, they played well, I thought, today. Uh, we had some looks, we didn't bury it on them, so I mean, uh, that was the difference, definitely. I mean, I don't think that was the start we wanted to in the first period. I don't think we played good hockey. Since then, it was uh, pretty tough. I mean, they, there's a lot of guys defending Stanley Cup champions, so they know how to play with the lead, so I think that was the, the difference tonight. The other day, you mentioned you brought up individual versus team play. Have you seen that change a little bit, or was it more of the same? I mean, that's not what I brought up against the team. I said we have to play as the team. I didn't call anybody out or I didn't call anybody selfish on our team. There's 23 guys in here. They all have their heart on the table and they all playing their nuts off. It just doesn't go our way. So I think we just uh, got to stick to it, work hard. I think the hard work for sure is going to pay off. Are you just sick of it not going your way? Like well, I mean, everybody's sick of losing for sure, yeah. I don't want to lose four in a row, you know. It's still early in the season. There's still, we can fix that stuff. You know, I believe in this team. I think we have a really good team, really good skill players. So I think we can get, get out of it. Just honestly, just uh, embarrassing in front of our fans tonight for sure. There you go. It's uh, tough not to... It's tough not to just nod your head when uh, Nikita Zadorov talks, and uh, he's always going to tell it like it is. He told it like it was Tuesday prior to the game against the Rangers and definitely post-game tonight in a 3-0 loss to the St. Louis Blues here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Hey, react to that. React to what you heard from Ryan Huska, Dan Lambert, even Chris Tanev, and how honest he was to kick us off on our Flames Talk post-game because the text line's open at 969-60. The phone lines are open at 403 We will uh, get to you on the text and phone lines very, very shortly. Tonight's game has been brought to you by South Point Toyota. 3-0 loss to the St. Louis Blues. Our Flames Talk post games on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. And it continues around the corner. This is Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The Flames Talk postgame show continues from the Tot Stove Lounge on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Final score, 3-0. Flames fall to the St. Louis Blues. They've now lost 6 of 7. They've lost 4 straight. And this one, if you thought that game Tuesday against the Rangers was tough to watch, at least there were positives. At least you could come out of that game against New York on Tuesday night saying they did some good things here or they did some good things there. I don't don't know what positive you can take away from this one. Um, There was nothing tonight. I mean, Solovyov played well in his NHL debut. A couple of guys really left it all out there from, you know, I think Dryden Hunt, A.J. Greer. Um, I thought uh, there were some good stretches from a couple of other players. 
Um, and Jacob Markstrom, of course. Markstrom was the best player on the ice, if not for the Flames, and uh, if not for both teams, and definitely for the Flames. But, I mean, by and large, team effort-wise, yeah, there were positives on Tuesday. Were there any team-wide positives tonight? No, there weren't. They were awful. And the frustrating part is we went into the New York game saying, geez, you know, you, you feel like this is a big one. It's only six games in. This is game seven. But you feel like coming off a road trip that went off the rails, you, you want to get it back on track. They lose 3-1. And then you say we, we were sitting here in this very same room, Megan, Derek, and I talking about, geez, it feels like they're at a teetering point. It feels like they're at a crossroads. That game against St. Louis is going to be big. We played you post-game audio on Thursday night of Michael Backley and Blake Coleman saying how big that effort was going to need to be against the Blues on Thursday. And then they go out and play like that? Like That's the effort that we see? That's the urgency? That's the desperation that we see? Yeah, that's worrisome. That's troublesome. No doubt about it. Uh, text line, 960-960. We'll get to that in just a second. Same with the phone lines, 403-240-4444. First save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes. Can't fault Jacob Markstrom in this one. He was dialed again, and Jacob's save of the game comes in period number two. As we approach the six-minute mark of the second period, the St. Louis out shooting Calgary 12-10 and outscoring them 2 to nothing. Coronado with a shot blocked away by Hofer. And now Sunfist will scoop it up. We've got a 2-1-1 the other way. Sunfist up the right wing side, drops it, Letty shoots, and Markstrom makes a tremendous left pad save. The only reason the Flames are within striking distance in this hockey game is their goaltender. Well said by Wilsey. That's one of the 31 stops made by Jacob Markstrom tonight. That is his save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com. The better way to build. There were three or four stops in the second and third period that Markstrom made. He said, geez, that could be a real momentum shifter but the Flames didn't do anything to shift the momentum. That was, that was just a really, really bad outing. Teams have them. I understand that teams have brutal nights. The problem is, is how we were talking yesterday and today about how it felt like things are at a tipping point or a teetering point or a crossroads and you know how you don't want frustration to boil over, how you got to nip frustration in the bud and then this game happens. I think that's what's so worrisome about it. Uh, let's get to the text line for the first time at 960-960, starting with Ash. Um, Ash says, a couple of thoughts. One, Huska's reluctance to keep line combos together during the game cannot be ignored. Why is Dryden Hunt being elevated up the lineup so quickly and playing on the power play uh, in this game? Two, I think the Flames should go back to the opening night line combos they had against the Jets. Yes, they looked awful that night, but psychologically, it could give them an offensive boost since they did score five. Um, yeah, I think that some more continuity with the lines might be something to think about for sure. Uh, I would agree with that. Uh, this says, I'm not sure what would be more difficult to watch, the Flames tanking or the Oilers caving. Since I'm a Flames fan, it's great to see the Oilers struggle, but painful to watch the Flames. A brutal effort tonight. Not sure why we think Markstrom's playing so well. He's certainly not a leader. Unfortunately, the highest and supposed best players are nowhere to be found. Did Huberto play tonight? It's a joke. Thanks to Trilliving for the worst signings and then leaving town. That $10.5 million will haunt them for years to come. The only player that played well tonight was Greer. The rest better look at themselves, including the coaching staff. Have a good night. I mean, I'll, I'll disagree on the Markstrom front. Markstrom was great tonight, but um, sometimes 
just can't win people over. I understand that. But, yeah, the rest, I can't really find a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of things to disagree with. This from Miguel. Pat, the way the Flames are playing this season and not being able to score the last six periods, I don't know if we can afford to get a new stadium and continue watching them play like this in the new building. I don't know how many people will be there to watch the Flames, and I feel sorry for season ticket holders who've supported them for years. This is embarrassing for the fans and the team. Uh, This from Noah in Vernon. Last year was at least a little bearable because you could tell they were a good team and were running a system. This year, I don't blame anyone for the booze raining down. I'm headed to the Heritage Classic and I swear if the team puts out garbage on Sunday, it'll show how interested they are in winning. Too much time and money spent on supporting this team. Also, they do have a captain, right? Because so far there's been no leadership shown at all. Uh, This says, Pat, brutal effort tonight. Markstrom played well. Uh, They had some 10-bell chances that were not capitalized on, wide shots, fend, etc., but the lack of hustle, forecheck, ability to make or take a pass, keep the puck on the stick were all brutal. Kadri deserves to watch a few games from the press box, and I think Conroy needs to put all pending UFAs officially on the market. Keep up the great work. That's from Adam in Hawkwood. This from Brad. Mirror image games from the Alberta teams tonight, Boo Birds included. I guess at least on Sunday, one of the teams will win. The Flames showed bursts of good hockey in the third, but the same issue of scoring continues to plague them, hoping Sunday they can get out of this slump and find some chemistry, but I've got the panic button ready. Um... This from Dan and Cochran. Pat, tough loss. I'm curious your thoughts. I've heard lots of talk about needing to find consistency, but I feel consistency, whether you have it or not, is more of a product of the pieces you have, and you can either do it or you can't. I don't think a team that doesn't have the right pieces can find a way to be consistent. With the Flames, we've seen enough line combinations between this year and last with similar inconsistent results. I feel that the inconsistency is simply a product of the pieces. Maybe they have some good pieces, but they appear to not be the right pieces and the inconsistency seems like something that cannot be fixed. It simply is a sum of the parts thoughts. I uh, do agree that typically consistent teams are the well-built teams and the most uh, and then the, you've got the bad teams like San Jose who are consistent on the other side and then you've got the I don't know 15 or so mushy middle teams that are infuriatingly inconsistent because they're not built like a high-end team and they're not they're not awful like they're not bottom of the barrel clearly one of the two or three worst teams in the NHL you've got San Jose who is one of the worst teams on the planet you've got the elite teams like the Colorados and and the Vegases and you know you probably put Toronto and a few other teams in that mix where you know what to expect every night and it's a surprise when you didn't, don't get it and then you've got the teams that are kind of built in more of a middling way like the Flames are right now and they have these wild inconsistencies. Now what I will say is that what has been consistent so far is a real inability to finish and a real inability to score. That's been far too consistent and I don't know how you fix that with this roster right now other than I guess Stick with it, stick with it, stick with it. But, boy, it has been an absolute grind to find offense on this team. Uh, This says, well, that sucked. There's not much I liked about this game, but I'm happy to see the goalie back. Markstrom is looking much better compared to last year, but how is he supposed to stay confident when they don't score? They need these guys, especially the ones making the big bucks to be putting up more points. Uh, Thank you for that. This says for Murray, Pat, what now? I'm at a complete loss. The Flames look worse than last year. 
this from Javier. Uh, back to the basics. Perhaps take the whole team and make them watch a double-A or triple-A game. How is Unity taught? You can't. Hard work is uh, hard work and consistency are keys to success. They're just not working together. Preseason ended two weeks ago. Leadership needs to come from the top of everyone's head. Everyone needs to think like a leader. Leaders lead by example. I'm a Flames fan through and through. I believe they are the best team in the league. They just need to start playing like such. Come April, they'll be a different than they are. They'll be different than they are right now. Uh, Javier with some positivity. I like it. Uh, and this from Landon: When you get paid a high amount of money, you better show up and perform. We ha- all have our good days and bad days. We're human. But you want to get paid a huge sum of money and play and work in a sport you love, you better show up and perform. There are too many players that are being lazy. This team doesn't have a coaching issue or a goaltending issue. They have a personnel issue. If this team doesn't turn it around, quite frankly, this team isn't good enough. There's uh, a number of texts, 960-960. Let's dive in on the phone lines for the first time at 403-240-4444 following a Flames 3-0 loss to the St. Louis Blues. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post-game show. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's kick it off by saying hello to Dylan. What's going on, Dylan? Hey, Pat. What are you up to? Oh, not much, man. Just doing man. a post-game show. Yeah, man. Tonight was something else. I mean, I can't remember a more lackluster effort from a group of players I mean, um, how can a team with Lance Boma and Josh Juris on the second line be more fun and work harder than this hmm. team? Right? Like, why? Why is that the case? I don't get it. It's um, it's infuriating. It's infuriating to, to sit there and watch that. And it's the same stuff every night. Yeah, you know, we've we got to work harder. We've got to work harder. We've got to do this. We've got to do this. Well, let's actually start doing it. Right, let's actually start putting it to work, and um, because this is just an embarrassing display, you know. And we got John Bean in the the big ownership group laughing at all of us stupid fans because we're all stupid apparently for wanting to bring the idea of hey, maybe we should you know look into a rebuild or look into actually building something here with a plan. Oh, we don't use that word. We don't use that word here, guys. So it's just infuriating from the top why we should be expected to endure this crap. I mean. I don't want to get too upset because we're too we're early in, but boy, oh boy, I think um, it's not off to a good start, Pat. You know, we've had we've had some good players through this organization. I started watching hockey when Sean Monahan fired up, and Sean Monahan gave a piece of his career to this city. And we have Nazem Kadri doing that lazy pass on the power play. No, thank you. I will not have that here on my outfit. No, thank you. That's not how that'll work. Very disappointing, but, um, you know, hopefully things can turn around. Marks them look good. There's, there's a handful of gentlemen that are competing, but um, but it's the same thing. Uh, Conroy mentioned hard work against Detroit. That was the first thing he said when he was on TV was he'd like the group to work harder. Huska mentioned hard work earlier in the year, and now he's mentioned it again. We've got to start going to work because we're not going to win games if we don't work hard, Pat. Yep. Just, I don't know. And at this point, I think they should just stop wanting to sign players. There's no sense having Lindholm here for $9.2 million for eight years if he isn't going to work with Huberto. You might have, like, really, what's the point? If he doesn't work with it, with, or if none of the top-end players work with any of them, what's the point? What are they still working towards? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I certainly, um, from what I've seen through eight games, I'm definitely of the opinion that I might uh, gear down on the signing conversation. I might, if I'm the Flames, I might just be like, okay, let's just... Let's just wait a little bit. Like, let's see if this group can turn it around before before committing eight years for for anybody else. I um, I I, don't, I would not blame Craig Conroy and the Flames if they kind of just slow played it a little bit more on some of these signings because if all of a sudden this continues and they remain a lackluster outfit, I like that word you used. Um, if they if they remain a lackluster group. Uh, it, it might become clear that making a trade for one or two or more of these guys is the way to go. I don't know if we know that through eight games, but if this continues for another 10 or 11 games, we will have a much better idea. Yeah, and it's, I don't know. It just Apparently, Hannafin's already been signed. I don't know. I've heard that from a few people, and they just haven't announced it, but... Not I, I not as far like from from not from what I understand like I I, um, I believe that they have made progress. There's no doubt about that. Um, and, but I don't think that they're there yet. Um, there's there's definitely been talks and they've moved closer. But no, I, I don't believe that that is the case from a few different people that I, I trust. And I mean, even Frank Saravalli and, and Elliot Friedman have said nothing is done yet. So I, I don't believe that it's done. Um, it does still sound like it's trending towards being done, though. Well, I you know what? I don't mind Noel, honestly, but at least he can skate and has his blunder every once in a while. But yeah, Pat, they've got to get this thing back on the wheels before it falls off. And I mean, because it's it's already up, already teetering. We're gonna have a wreck here right away, and we're gonna have to pull up in the infield and unhook because this is getting to be a disaster. Thanks, Dylan. All right, Pat. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay, man. Good to hear from you. Yep. You too. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Following a Flames 3-0 loss to St. Louis. A rough one, an ugly one here at the Scotiabank Saddledome tonight. Mike is up next. What's up, Mike? Whew, that was uh, that was quite the call, Pat. Uh, I'm doing okay tonight. Um, Good. I'm happy to hear it. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, you know, here, here's the funny thing to me is, 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 you know, people are saying that they want change. But if you want to rebuild, this is exactly what you should want. They're losing every night. Um, you know, it's like that's the thing. It's, it's, I, I don't know what people are, are necessarily expecting to get out of a rebuild other than losing without being competitive. And, uh, I mean, the, the, the one thing that I uh, will say is, you know, uh, obviously the caller before the last one uh, was talking about them signing or not re-signing Noah Hannafin or Elias Lynch-Holman. And obviously, I mean, uh, I, I would hope that they're not exploring that at this point, but because um, I just think it's it's wildly premature. I mean, I think it would be too early if they were doing well, and I think it's too early because they're doing poorly. But um, at the same time, if you're going to go to the saddle room and watch this, I mean, this is kind of what you're signing up for at this point. And I think, you know, if you want a history lesson, you go back the list of the last, you know, However, so many teams have bottomed out in the draft, and most of the time they haven't really necessarily gone into the season expecting to do that. I mean, they eventually turn the corner and decide, okay, we're in a rebuild now. But if you're going to the saddle home and being upset at this team not performing up to your expectations and you want to see a rebuild, I think ultimately you have to understand that in so many of these cases it's a results-oriented uh, mindset. 
And teams are always going to go in expecting a certain result. And when they don't get it, they're going to shift their, uh, their, their, their game plan. And you look, I mean, at the Tampa Bay Lightning, and my friend Justin uh, mentioned this to me. And, and, you know, when they bottomed out and they got uh, Steven Stamkos and Victor Hedman one and two overall in back-to-back years, that was a team that still had Marty St. Louis and Vinny LeCavalier and Vinny Prospol and Dan Boyle and all these guys who were still under contract. And so, you know, I understand there's the whole notion of stripping it down and tanking. And ultimately, I think that's maybe an outcome that is, I think, is something that would be wise to follow for the iterations of the Flames after this year. But for now, I find it difficult to go to a game like this, which I did tonight. It was the first game that I went to this season and come away feeling angry because I'm one of the fans who wants a rebuild. And to me, this game sort of furthered that potential outcome, wouldn't you say? Um, yeah, I mean, if, if I don't know if we'll ever see a, a, a Flames team tear it down to the studs necessarily, but, you know, from a just an overall where they are perspective and with some of these decisions they've got to make with some players that could be really nice assets if they were to become trade pieces if this continues and and if you're very much adamant that um, re-signing Lindholm or re-signing Hannafin is the wrong move to make well then yeah to your point them not getting off to a good start is is a good way for the Flames to maybe think about going down the trade route as opposed to re-signing them so we'll see I I'm kind of with you if it's me at this point with the way this season has started and some of the things that we're seeing right now, I really would pump the brakes on giving out the type of contracts that are going to keep a Lindholm uh, and or a Hannafin in this market. I, I, I would. I would slow play it a whole lot more at this point. I'd say let's wait a little bit longer before we're inking guys to eight-year contracts. And that's coming from somebody that's been very adamant that signing Lindholm is a smart move. Even I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm changing my tune on that, no doubt, because this has been a nightmare beginning to the season, and I think you want a little bit more intel before you make a pretty significant franchise decision like that. Well, and you have to sort of look at it from a rational point of view, which I think some people do, and some people maybe are a little bit more passionate, and that's fine. That's their prerogative. But at the same time, you have to understand, I mean, this is a team that is currently paying uh, a Jonathan Huberto, $128,000 a game. And they are not selling out the arena, not even close. And the, you know, the general uh, consensus over the years, whenever the talk about a rebuild or a retool or, or a significant core shakeup has been mentioned, is that they don't want to risk losing that revenue. They don't want to go further into the red uh, or into the red. They're, they haven't typically been in the red, but this is sort of already happening. It's they're, they're, they're already sort of starting to veer into that territory where just being complacent is already getting you those question marks. And so shedding salary is, in theory, sort of going to help relieve that. Um, and ultimately, Huberto and Kadri having those contracts around, you can be upset at them all you want for not performing up to standard. But if they're not performing up to standard, that is $17.5 million dollars under the salary cap that gets you closer to the floor and is also helping you accomplish, uh, you know, what a lot of fans want, picking top five. So, you know, I do think it's really, and it's, it's a league-wide problem, especially in Canada. The attendance is really something to keep an eye on because that's back-to-back games where they've been under 17,000, which is the first time that's happened 
in almost 20 years. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they go from here because, as you mentioned, and as people have always mentioned, they have all these pending UFAs, and and they're in a, I think they're actually in an enviable position because teams love paying premiums for guys like Chris Tanev and Nikita Zadorov. And obviously people are going to glom onto Zadorov because of the comments that he's made. And I do think, you know, if you give him another contract, that's probably a player you can still move down the line. But at the same time, I mean, this is a Flames team that's approaching a crossroads. They're not really that well stocked in terms of prospects. And, uh, you know, with Tija Ginla being in this year's draft, I think there's certainly something to be said for maybe picking a couple of times in the first round, maybe picking a couple of times in the second round. They only have five draft picks right now as it stands. Mm-hmm. And I think with the players that they have who can potentially move, and it's obviously pretty early, but I think they're maybe in a position where they can look at doubling that contingent to get to 10 draft picks. Anyway, I know I'm going long. Uh, you'll get to other callers, but uh, thanks for taking my call. And, you know, I just think for people who are listening, it's not the worst thing in the world for them to be losing as frustrating as it can be to watch. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Uh, let's say hello to uh, our buddy Khan. What's going on, Khan? Hi, thank you. Um, very angry today. Like, very angry. No effort at all. Anywhere. Like, no, besides our goalie, nobody showed up. Nobody showed up. Yeah. <laughs> tough. It's, it's tough to. Um... It's tough to argue with you on that one. Like, where is Huberdu? Like, 115 points. Like, I, I am okay. Last year was, like, very rough. New city, everything. I think yeah. if someone has, like, that kind of money, they should be tell, like, right away, okay, this is my job. I know where I'm going. This is my home. I don't... I didn't see anything at all tonight. No effort. Oh, uh, Haska. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you think about his coaching? It's kind of hard to. It's kind of hard to get a real gauge on it eight games in, um, because I think what we're pretty acutely aware of here is that, you know, maybe this wasn't, and, and, and Nikita Zadorov said it Tuesday morning. And I think that that was really important to hear that. I, I don't think it's all just, I don't think making a coaching change this summer was going to be the cure all. Oh, Daryl's gone. So now they're going to be great. I think that they, I firmly believe that a coaching change needed to be made for a number of different reasons. Some of them were in Daryl's control. Some of them weren't. Some of it is on Daryl. Some of it's not on Daryl. But I think it was very clear that a coaching change needed to be made. But, and I I tried to caution against this throughout the summer, and and certainly am, am... if, if, if I didn't do that well enough in the summertime, I'm trying to hammer it home now. Like, excuses are gone. The coaching change has been made. And, you know, the the players wanted a change, and they got it. And so now they have to go out and respond better to a different coach, and they have to go out and execute. And, and right now they're not. So, so like, I, I think that what we are seeing is that, okay, now that the spotlight is very clearly on the players and this group that believe that, 
they're capable of more. Well, right now they're they're not showing us that, and it makes it very difficult for me to really give a gauge on a new coach eight games into his tenure when so much of what we've seen looks similar to last year, which shows you that, you know, as much as a coaching change needed to be made, it wasn't just a coaching issue last year. Oh, uh, exactly. Like, there, I, I don't believe that if uh, if we are paying, like, that much money to our players, they are professionals. It shouldn't matter who they're playing for. I mean, when they started in, like, juniors and all that stuff, they become NHLers because they were professional and they dealt with everything till at that point. Like, Hubert is not, like, not, like, 19 years old. Kadri is not, like, 20 years old. Yeah. They play, they know how to deal with it. So they don't know how, they are the two most important players in our team. If they're yeah. not producing, there is nothing. We, we can't get anything. Uh, I'm gonna, even I'm going to include uh, our center who want to get 9.2 or 9.8.5. Oh, you mean Lindholm, if, if he were to resign? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I'm not, I'm not going to name the name because I respect every player. Because, yeah, yeah, I'm going to respect them. I'm not going to uh, say the name. But, his game, okay. He's he's not he's not a game winner. He's not a game winner. So why we should pay him nine millions? We're paying ten point five to Huberdu. He's not a game winner. We yeah. don't have winner. They they don't. You're right, Khan. They don't. They do not have the types of players that that win games single-handedly um there's there's that's just and not really that. today, like uh, i was thinking something i'm gonna come up with the positive with this game the only thing i came with positive is like um people say you know the sky is falling on calgary films no i think it maybe it's a blessing we'll uh, see we'll see Maybe something like okay, the owner doesn't want to do it. No, I know, I know what you're saying, Con. I, I know where you're coming from. Kind of the right. the same thing that that Mike was just saying on the call before you. So we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, um, I totally agree with him. Actually, totally agree with him. And you know, that's the best thing I can take. How long leash does I have? Ten games, twenty games, thirty games. I don't know. If we continue. I don't know. Uh, going this way, how long he's going to last? Like, in terms of like, are they going to make a coaching change? Coaching change, or it's going to become like, okay, the system is not working. Of course, he's a coach, right? He has a system. He's, of course, the player is not, you know, like coming to that standards to perform there. I agree, yeah, the center is gone. He's gone. So are we going to see, like, Huska is gone that way, too? Well, I think it's I a mean, little... I, was, I, th- I think, and come, we got to move on. I got I got to roll here. But I, I, and I appreciate the call. It's good to hear from you, as always. It's 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 all right. I just got to keep them all to around the same amount of time. That's all. Um, so I appreciate no, the call. No worries. 
great great stuff as Thank always um, and awesome to talk with you I, I I think it's I think it would be if if we're talking about how it it pretty clearly is more than just a coaching issue it it seems and I'm not saying this is what Khan's necessarily saying at all but I don't think it makes a lot of sense to be going down the road of it's it's very clear that we're talking about more than just a, a coaching issue. We're talking about a construction issue. We're talking about some personnel things and, and maybe some other things that are going on right now. And so because of that, I think then talking about um, firing a head coach eight games into a season seems a little silly from from my standpoint. Uh, 403-240-4444 is your number. Let's say hello to Robert on the Flames Talk post-game show. What's up, Robert? Hi, Pat. Hello, pal. Just got home, Pat. Pat, you know, I took a lady friend to the game tonight. She'll probably never talk to me again. <laughs> you know, she, was, she wanted to take a Uber home because she left with about 10 minutes to go. And it, because it was noise, she couldn't get Uber, so I finally dropped her off. But honestly, you know, but I want to say something. I want to refer to Mike because I know he's a good caller, but I don't like to compare my calls. What he said about we should be happy that we're losing. There's a difference, though. When you're losing rebuilding, you're going to lose because you don't have skill and talent. You're not going to lose because you don't show up to work or will or compete. That's a big difference. Fair. Yep, very fair. Buddy, you can't script this stuff, can you? What I saw tonight, I mean, I've seen a lot of these games. I grew a couple with Minnesota. I've seen many of these games. But, Patty, honestly, we played a goal. We gave up, I think, 5-6 goals last time with Arizona. Uh... Giveaways, undisciplined penalties, two-on-one. I, I thought the St. Louis Blues were the fastest team in the NHL tonight. Uh, but, you know, Patty, you know, that's our alibi, right? Because everybody knows we're the, probably the second, third lowest-speed team in the league. Patty, I've seen, I've seen people with the hemorrhoids walk faster. Honestly, Patty, I'm picked off tonight. No, I'm picked off, Patty. This is unexpectable to see this garbage that went up tonight. You know, I heard Uyghur the other night. Oh, I got to bring, you know, my game, what I'm good at. But the second night he took a stupid penalty, he took us away from a power play. Right? Yep. Yep. And, he's, and, he, and he wants to talk. He's got to bring his energy, the way to play the game. Patty, honestly, Patty, I've never seen anything like that. Like, tonight, it's not tonight, Patty. I've seen many of these games like that. But honestly, honestly, the game always, nobody competing, Patty. Nobody working. Nobody, nobody except Greer. Greer and the other young kid who played are best players. Isn't that the problem, Patty, when these are your best players? Like, honestly, people have to start waking up here, Patty. Honestly, I'll say it again, Patty, there have to be six, 7,000 fans at the Saddle Dome to get to the Edwards. I'm seriously now, Patty. I'm really going nuts now. I am. And I'm tired of the soulless, the guys up north losing. Let's look at our house here for the last 30 years, not the guys up north. Are you kidding me, Patty? Can you write this in Hollywood? Like, big, 
what I see tonight, Packy, you know, you, you know what I worry, Patty? I got to be honest with you. Haska. Haska is a sacrificial lamb. He's got to, he, he's going to inherit this team who's not well built, no speed. He's not going to last, Patty. He's not going to last. He's not going to last for this team, Patty. And I feel sorry for him because probably he is a pretty good hockey coach. But with this group, he's got no shot. You got your fat cats who don't care. Guy who want to study, they don't care, Patty. How many times I say to you, love to win, hate to lose. We got too many, Patty. Losing is easy. They We got players here in the last 10, 15 years who love to lose. They even made Iggy quit, Patty. You know that. Iggy quit on the team. It will never change, Patty. Never change. You know, I don't want to talk about Uber or Kadri because I told you last year this is going to be seven, eight years painful. I don't even know if I'm going to last that long. Yeah, Patty, I don't care about these players anymore. I don't. I don't care about them. You know what I care about? The jersey, the hockey sweater. Fans, players come and go. Orders come and go. The jersey will always be there. But you know why I'm ticked off, Patty? I don't think there's a lot of fans like me left in the world. Young people are different than when I used to be young. They want to see results. But, Patty, I'm serious. I want to see 78,000 fans at the game. Not because that's what I want. To get a message across. Like in the 80s, Patty, with the youngest. When, when I was one of the 7,000 idiots. Staying there. It's, it, Patty, it's ludicrous, unacceptable, unacceptable. It's not even about what you spend for the tickets and that. It's competing. Well, nobody, nobody. Uh, guys who want cops, guys who get big bucks, they all have excuses. Uyghur, every one of them, every one of them. No more, no passes, Patty. I've heard this story, Patty, since you've been on here 12, 11 years. I've heard it many times before. I'm tired of it, Patty. I really am. Boy, is easy. Boy, to me, Patty, I like to be in that dressing room for about 10 minutes. Never mind, Zadarov. They, they would hear from me because I know my hockey. I don't have a sunny cup. I was short of hockey. These guys are a disgrace, Patty. They're a disgrace to go change your paycheck. How they go to the bank and cash your paycheck, how they get paid. They're not professionals. They're fat cats who don't, who don't give a damn about winning or losing. Because that's something I will never win. So they'll just make the money and life goes out. Patty, disgrace. Disgrace, disgrace, disgrace. And you know, Patty, what I mean, Matt? Young men like you, working hard, a lot of good people on the station, have to suffer with this hockey team. Have to suffer with this hockey team. All the hard work you guys do for us, for the fans, letting us vent. No. And, Patty, before I go, I'm going to leave you a good note. I catch you. I'm going to give you a compliment. Before you were mentioning bad teams, you said San Jose, if you teams, you're good because I know you're a good man and you know yourself. You don't say Hanaheim because Hanaheim actually passed us tonight. Good night, Patty. Thanks, Robert. Um, got right out. I was about 20 seconds from saying we need to wrap it up, but he got out in time. Um, I, I'm all for uh, having uh, some rants like some have had so far tonight. Um, Let's say hello to Wedley on the Flames Talk post-game show following a 3-0 loss. And more than a 3-0 loss. This is an ugly 3-0 loss to the St. Louis Blues. Uh, Wedley, you're up next. What's up, bud? 
Bravo, Robert. Bravo. <laughs> that has to be one of my favorite lines. I've been listening to Overtime from when it was created, way back with Kerr. What a line. <laughs> I took a lady to lady friend to the game tonight, and she may never speak to me again. What a line. I was howling, man. That that made my night. That yeah, end. That was good. I don't know if you've seen Cammy Kepke from Global, I think it is. She played uh, Danger Zone on the guitar. That was incredible. Those two things lifted my spirits after the ironically today's my last game for 2023 based on how i drafted my season tickets so okay. i don't go till march april now so what a way to go with that effort man that, that was tough like they, another did it, they, they, they did it for you wed <laughs> of course they knew i was coming <laughs> this is payback for all my cockiness for being at the home opener but uh to quote another famous overtime caller it takes money to buy whiskey and Talk is, or sorry, talk is cheap. It takes money to buy whiskey, and there's a lot of talk from that dressing room saying about they got to do this, they got to do that. But proof's in the pudding, and I don't care about losing. No team goes 82 and 0, but that effort was very disappointing. Like I was trying to think, I can't even remember the last time I went to a game and saw that kind of effort, and especially. And I think you're right. Whether Zadorov should have made those comments on. Uh, behind the scenes or in public, uh, he made it. And uh, I don't know if these guys need to go. There's a room here in Calgary where you can go and smash things. They need to go in there and smash things and air out their grievances or celebrate Festivus early, but they got to get on the same page. They're not playing as a group. Like, this team is better than what we saw tonight. And what's even crazier, it's the Spider-Man finger meme point is going up in Edmonton. But the yep. difference is they've got two. I know the one guy's injured, but they got two of the best players in the world. Where I'm not being mean, but we don't have that. But still, I still we don't. Think we have we, a we good don't team. have that here. You're right. Yeah, I still think we have a good team. We that we may not have, you know, we don't have stud superstars or like they were saying in the morning show, uh, game breakers. But they're they're better than what we saw today. And uh, you know, uh, changing the coach. I disagree with George's thing about Daryl. It's easy to brag about that now, but I love Daryl Sutter. I'm old school. I don't mind the hard ways, but based on what I've heard on the show and what Valimaki's comments, Daryl had to go. But uh, he was not the only problem. Far from it, and we're seeing that right now. Mm-hmm. And it's not pushing the panic button like seven games in. That's what's disappointing. And if we see this effort again on Sunday... Uh, you know, I'm saying pump the brakes on those. I don't want them to extend those guys, honestly. Like, we already got enough. I'm not just saying that because we were losing. I was saying I was saying that even before. Like, it's still weird to me that Hannafin switched his mind all of a sudden, whatever reason, but I want guys that want to be here. Like, Zadorov clearly wants to be here, but we're not going to give that. We can't give him a seven-year deal, obviously, but... I would pump the brakes. Like, if they want to give those contracts in the end, fine. But I would wait a little bit because if this continues the way it's going. I'm with you, Wed. I, I, and yeah. I, I've been a very loud advocate for signing Lindholm. Um, yeah. But it didn't happen, and now the season has started. Circumstances yeah. change, and thus opinions change. I'm very exactly. much of the opinion that, that, that it would actually – I'd be a little worried if they were to tomorrow announce a, a signing for one of those guys because I'd be yeah. less worried on Hannafin because he's younger. But yeah. it just – it's like you, you may you may have a team here that and, – and, I mean, it's only eight games in, and I, I am yeah. – 
I, I do believe they're at a very critical juncture. I do believe yeah. that uh, they're at a pretty big crossroads like right now. But, yes. you know, if you wait 15, 10, 15 games, you, it might just become clear that trading mm-hmm. is better and getting assets is better. Even if they don't want to do a full to the studs rebuild, it might be clear that they need to trade Lindholm, trade Hannafin, trade Tanev, get the yeah. good assets that all three of those guys would earn you because they're all really good players. Mm-hmm. And and kind of if it's not a rebuild, at the very least, it's a pretty hard hit of a reset or a retool reset, or whatever retool. reword you want to use. Yeah. No, because in one sense, uh, honestly, that's what the team needs because they're not going to do a rebuild. I know everyone's crying for it, but with this ownership and those locked-in contracts – I'm not going to say no contract is tradable, but with everyone that gets the cap and, you know, who, unless you're offering sweeteners or taking a huge loss, it's, uh, I, we're stuck with those guys, at least for the next foreseeable future, right? So mm-hmm. we'll see. I don't, you know, I'm not throwing the towel. I'm not starting the slack in for Macklin. I know I've been, I was joking about it earlier, but um, it's just disappointing to see that and I felt bad for the fans. Like, a lot of fans were actually into the – like, they were invested. They weren't on their phones like usual. They were watching, and a lot of them left early. And I was like, man, I can't remember the last time this many people left that early. I actually, it's funny you say that because I had to the, – the elevator in this brand-new uh, brand jewel of a building. I love this place, <laughs> but it's time. Yeah. Uh, but the elevator, every, every two days, the elevator that takes us down to our where we are is broken. I didn't yeah. know that, so I'm already on the other side of the building. I'm like, well, i, I got to get downstairs so I don't have time to go to the other elevator. So I just walk down, and as I was walking down from uh, the top of the second bowl uh, to get down into the concourse, um, I, I just noticed that as I was walking down, like, geez, everybody's leaving. And it was with about yeah. six minutes to go in the third period. Because I, I was just like, geez, I'm, I'm caught in a crowd. Like, everybody's leaving at the same time mm-hmm. I'm going down. And, and I, I actually that I made a mental note of that. Yeah, my section was like with eight minutes to go. I was like, whoa, like, what is going on here? And these weren't people with kids that were going home because it was late night. They were there. Like, the, and just hearing people saying, okay, I'm done, I've had it, like, the, the, you know, that's not good. Apathy is not good. Like, I'm old enough to remember Save the Flames and Young Guns and all that. <laughs> when I was, like, literally the only one in my high school rocking a Derek Morris Flames jersey, we don't want to go down that again. 04 saved a lot of that. So I really hope those guys look in the room tonight and, you know, the best way to get your fan base re-energized, get a win against your rival in their building. Outdoors, indoors, doesn't matter. Beat your rivals, you know. That will definitely get your fan base re-energized again because if, if you get – I don't know if 97 is playing or not on Sunday, but if you get the doors blown out by them, ooh, I would not – I would hate to do overtime on Sunday. I don't know if you are doing it or not, but – We will be. Yeah, but anyways, all you get to other callers, man. But, yeah, uh, it's very rare that I call start calling out the team, but uh, – the effort is what really disappointed me more than the loss today, but we'll see. I'm still going to hold out hope that things can turn around. And oh, one more quick thing is I don't agree with the backland bashing. I, I think he's still the great choice for the captain on and off the ice. You know, th- there's bigger things than him that there, there's the issues in that room and, uh, and whether he'll sort it out or the team sorts it out together, but people saying that he should be stripped of the sea. Sorry, you guys are out to lunch. And, 
I'm not just being a backland homer. I, I, that's my honest opinion. From what, what I've, I've met the guy, what he's done on the ice, off the yeah. ice. This is not a backland. Be, is the captain issue? But, anyways, and oh, and same for Markstrom. Okay, wait. We got we got to wrap. We got to wrap. Yeah, I'm just gonna say quickly. Markstrom. If it wasn't for him, it'd be like eight nothing. He was awesome today. So I don't know why people are criticizing him. But anyways, have a good night, Pat, and we will talk soon. Yes, we, I'm sure you'll text in tomorrow. Bye, oh, buddy. Oh, yeah. Thank you for reading that horrendous text. <laughs> so, I was like, what three random players can I think of off the top of my head? And those were, three they came were good. In, so. They were well done. Yeah, uh, thank you, pal. Thanks for reading it, buddy. Yeah, Appreciate it, Wed. Uh, we'll go back inside the Flames locker room here very shortly. But right now, uh, one more call before we do that. Phone lines remain open. 403-240-4444 is your number. Text line remains open at 960 is up next. What's going on, buddy? Good evening, Patty. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm also doing okay. Yeah, definitely tough performance by the boys tonight. Uh, but I like how Marstrom and Slavia uh, with his first debut game, he played well. Uh, my couple of questions, I'll keep it short and sweet so you don't have to work too long into the night. Uh, but my first question, what do you think, uh, like we have been talking, Lindholm, Hannafin and all, uh, if we are not interested in, or the Flames team is not uh, interested in sending them again, what is the earliest uh, we can expect the trades to happen? Uh, do you have any idea? No, I, I honestly... I. And I only, I'm not trying to cop out on the answer. I only say no because I, I still think you need to see a little bit more in terms of, you know, what happens on the ice too and um, and, and how things progress on the ice. All right. And one other question. Uh, so what do you think uh, the Flames are, lack, are lacking? Maybe one factor or multiple factors uh, for Scoring. them to be good on, good on the ice. Uh, why can't we just, yeah, scoring, why is it so difficult? What do you think the one lacking factor is? I, I think part of it is that they're missing, you know, high-end finishers. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, I think also there's a lot of frustration that's that's playing in. Um, so I think construction of the roster is as such that they're not going to be a super high-end team. A uh, super high-end scoring team, just based on on the personnel they have, and then you add in the frustration that is clearly a part of this conversation too, and it just I think um, kind of compounds it a little bit. So those that that would be that would be the reason why, in in my opinion. All right, and one final point or question, maybe: uh, Who do you think maybe uh, out of your hand, maybe like two players. Who do you think should notch up the game and try to be uh, finishers for our Flames team? Just um, two names out of your like. You, ask yeah. the question again. Like what? So two players that that what? Uh, that uh, you aim to see as finishers or give us the best uh, oh. result? Yeah. Well, and I appreciate the call, Anna, and good to hear from you, buddy. We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk soon. Hey, we'll probably talk on Sunday. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Have a good one. Talk to you. You too. Good to hear from you, bud. Um, I mean, I think you 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 need you need Kadri to finish. Um, you know, we talked coming into this game about how you know his chances are there and and the high dangers are there and all that type of stuff. But 
he's not he's he has one point in eight games. So I think Kadri needs to finish a whole lot more. There's no doubt about it. And I, I I don't think that this is a guy that isn't pulling his weight or anything like that. He's a rookie for heaven's sakes. But I do think another guy that you can look to as the season goes along. And even as as time goes along beyond this year, to be more of a finisher for the group will will be Matt Coronado because he is he's a natural finisher, and I think that he's still finding his way as expected as an NHL rookie. So I'm not saying that this is uh, something that should be put on his shoulders. I just think he's a guy that I'd be looking for to be more of a high end finisher going forward because that's kind of what his skill set is all about. It's uh, Pat along with you on our Flames Talk post game show where the phone lines remain absolutely slammed at 403 240 4444. The text line is jammed as well at 960 960. We'll get back to both of those in just a couple of minutes. But right now, let's head back inside the Flames locker room and check in with Elias Lindholm. Flames fall 3 0 to the St. Louis Blues here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. And here's uh, Elias Lindholm post-game at the Dome. Elias, your reaction when you hear the fans' reaction at the end of that? Yeah, I mean, it's tough, but I understand them. Uh, you know, you know, I would have booed too if I uh, saw the way we played. Why, why do you think the performance was what it was tonight? No real good answer for that. Uh, you know, we talked uh, you know, the last couple of days about... Being better, but uh, that wasn't better. Do you do you think like where are your thoughts on how the team hasn't been able to score? Why, how do you have, get to generate more offense? Yeah, I mean we we don't get enough uh, time in the ozone. I think uh, you know we we turn the puck over a lot and and you know we don't spend enough time in there and and uh, you know uh, it's not a good uh, good recipe for for goals. Alex, does this come down to hard work or is this something else that needs to? Well, it's got to start with with the harder work, and then the rest will come. Um, you know, um, it's for everyone. I think uh, obviously right now we're you know looking around and waiting for something good to happen. But uh, you know, unless we unless we work, uh, it's not nothing's going to change. What yeah. Coleman said after the last game, he was pissed off. He's sick of losing. He, he's angry about it. Is that how you feel? A little bit as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't know anyone that uh, likes losing. So, you know, um, now we're played uh, like three games in a row. So, um, you know, it's got to it's got to change pretty quick. Is there is there a sense of not panic but but urgency maybe in that room? What's the what's the environment like in, in dressing room? Right no, it's still early on in the season, but uh, you know, um, it's frustrating when we talk and and uh, nothing changes. So what has to change? Like, what's the key to making those changes? Then what has to? Well, change? it's got to start with harder work, and then, uh, like I said, the rest will come. Uh, if you work, uh, if you work hard out there, and um, you know everything will, you know, pay off, and, and um, you know you're gonna get those bounces and and uh, so on. So uh, it's just it's got to start with with some hard work, and and uh, I think the rest will come after that. That's Elias Lindholm postgame inside the Flames locker room. Flames fall 3-0 to the St. Louis Blues on this uh, Thursday night. Not quite Friday morning, so it's still Thursday night where the Flames lose 3-0. It's time to select tonight's player with heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. Not a lot of uh, real strong candidates as you would expect in a game like this. I'm going to go with A.J. Greer. 
I just thought there was a lot shown by him tonight. First of all, Greer had two shots. He had two attempts, one scoring chance, one high-danger scoring chance in this game. But um, what I liked about Greer was that – but also when he dropped the gloves with Portuzo, like that was a that was a really big moment. It didn't turn into a momentum shifter. It could have, it didn't. But I, I just that's that you need. I think you need to see more of that. And and it's not. I'm not saying that every guy on the team needs to go initiate fights with guys on the other team. But it's more just need to see more passion from each guy in what they do well or more urgency from each guy in what they do well. And so what Greer brings to the table is he's a good four-checker, he hits hard, he he plays a hard-nosed game, and he's not afraid to fight and protect his teammates. He felt that Bortuzzo was giving Sharon Govich a rough ride, and he was. And Sharon Govich really didn't do anything wrong there, so Bortuzzo was, was pushing around with teammate, and Greer didn't hesitate. He went right, and so... I thought Greer, for what he does well, did it well and did it with urgency. And I think that you need to see more of that from Flames players. Not more of what Greer brought, but more players doing what they do best or do well with urgency. So, A.J. Greer, player with heart tonight, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. For HeartFit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office, visit heartfit.ca. Let's head back inside the Flames locker room for a final time. Time to check in with McKenzie. Weger, his thoughts following tonight's three nothing loss to the Blues. I mean, you know, it's it's tough Canadian market. You know, they they want the best product on the ice, and um, you know, right now we're not giving it to them. So, you know, as much as you hate hearing the booze, um, you know, it's a bit of a wake up call for us. You know, we're not we're not, uh, we're not a good enough team right now. Is the story of the game again turnovers? Yeah, I mean, I guess what you could. You know, we're just disconnected, I think, you know, in the D zone, neutral zone, offensive zone. I think, you know, we're having trouble scoring. You know, we have trouble, you know, sort of breaking the puck out at times. We have trouble in the neutral zone. You know, we're just, we're disconnected right now. But, you know, it's, you know, there's one thing, you know, that, you know, it's a privilege to play in the NHL right now. Um, You know, I don't, I don't want anybody to forget that. I think, you know, you got 20 guys in here that know it's a tough league. You got to earn it. You got to earn to be in this room and to be out there and, um, you know, I think we need to remember that. And, um, you know, the only way we're going to get out of this is with the group of guys. And we got to grab a hold of this now and, and end it. Is, is work ethic something you're happy with? Or how would you describe the team's overall work ethic or areas that can't improve? Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I've talked about this before. And, you know, I know that we got to compete and we got work ethic. And, you know, I think tonight, um, you know, it almost felt in the third period they just kind of broke our will. Um, uh, that's one thing that, you know, you got pride in this. You, you got one thing, and it's pride. And you know, I think they they kind of they broke our will tonight. And you could kind of tell in the third period that you know we were just we couldn't we couldn't get anything going. But you know, you got to keep your head high in this league. You know, if you keep banging your head, you keep you know hanging your head. It's just going to make it worse, and it, things are going to spiral. You got to get back to it. And you know, it's a new day tomorrow. Um, you know, it's no fun answering you guys like this. It's tough. Um, you know, but we come back tomorrow and we work our ass off, and, and that's all we can do. You, you used the word disconnected. How do you solve that? Uh, you know, practice. Uh, you know, we got to have a, you know competitive practice. Um, you know, we got to talk it through. More video. Um, you know, more guys speaking up if, if you know there's a gray area. Um, things like that. Uh, we just got to get on the same page, um, and, and we will. Uh, you know, I have faith in that. I believe that. 
Um, but it's it's a tough time right now. Yeah. Is there is there a sense of not panic, but the worry that that the season it has started off on this note in that room or? Uh, no panic. No no reason to panic right now. I think uh, you know it's early. Um, you know. We got lots of time, but um, you know we got to look forward to this Heritage Classic. We can rally around a big Heritage Classic here, um, big win against Edmonton. I think we can you go, go on a little roll here. There you go. That is Mackenzie Weger post game. Our final look inside the Flames locker room. We've uh, heard it all. Don't you're not getting comprehensive coverage like this anywhere else. Mackenzie Weger, Elias Lindholm, Nikita Zadorov, Ryan Huska, all post game uh, on top of our live conversations with Chris Tanev and assistant coach Dan Lambert. All right here on your Flames Talk post game show. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. I got a friend who lives in Thailand and uh, we. She saw the runtime on our last one. Mind was blown. I don't even know what the runtime is going to be on this one. I think we might go over what we did on Tuesday. We'll see. Uh, for now, it's Pat Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post game, and uh, it's time to look ahead. Looking ahead, brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech. So here's the deal: uh, the Flames go into the 2023 Tim Hortons NHL Heritage Classic reeling, as do the Oilers. Uh, it's the NHL Heritage Classic next up at Commonwealth Stadium. Sunday night, 5 o'clock. Uh, it's on Sportsnet, coast-to-coast, and, of course, live right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. This will be the third outdoor game the Flames have played in. Their record, 1-0-1. Of course, they beat the Montreal Canadiens 4-0 in February 2011 in their first Heritage Classic, and then four years ago, exactly to the date, on October 26th of 2019, the Flames fell 2-1 in overtime to the Winnipeg Jets at Mosaic Stadium in Regina. Uh, Flames went 1-2 against the Oilers last year. All three games decided by one goal, and of course, the two teams have three wins combined this season going into this year's Heritage Classic. It's Game 8 for Edmonton and Game 9 for Calgary. Once the Heritage Classic is done, Flames back on home ice Wednesday, November 1st. So that's uh, this coming Wednesday to host the Dallas Stars. There you go. Looking ahead, brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech. Fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit Oncolytics Biotech. Dot com. Okay, back to the text line we go at 960-960. Following this one, we got a lot uh, to get to. Uh, I'll try to get to as many as we can. Uh, this from Parsons. Horrible display from a bunch of millionaires with big contracts and from those who were uncertain if they even wanted to extend to be a part of this team in the future. They all should be on the trading block. And we slapped a C on one of them who probably figured complacency and other options were not worth the change of scenery money-wise. Backlund's a great human, but he isn't a captain. Uh, we're a team with a lot of players who are UFAs next year and don't even know if they're loyal to the team. What else should we expect? And those who are being paid big bucks seem to have attitude and performance issues who look like they're complacent collecting a paycheck or have an attitude problem. As I said last game, I believe this team is a locker room issue and there's a lot of finger pointing. Sutter's gone and they're getting worse results so far this year. The prima donnas got their way because they're millionaires with term and the team had to make a sacrifice. As a caller said last game, hopefully some of these guys are not looking at this team as a retirement home with juicy contracts versus loyalty and having a winning attitude. This team is off it's disconnected and it's like herding cats egos and attitudes are this team's problem and a different coach isn't going to change that they can all say the generic right things in interviews but the product on the ice says otherwise um what else we got here at 960 960 
on the text line. Uh, this from Mark. Pat, it's guaranteed win Sunday for the Flames. As an Oilers fan, they'll be good hosts and barely put up a fight, give away many pucks, and leave the slot wide open for the Flames. Not sure which fan base is more disgusted. Yeah, there's uh, it's not going well in either market right now. Um, this says, uh, I'm just reading the subreddits for the Oilers. It's a dumpster fire there, just like ours. One of the comment reads, we need Daryl Sutter. Imagine Sutter coaching McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nuge. I'd have the uh, I'd have the Flames lose every game to see that happen someday. Uh, what else we got here? Um, everyone's being a bit too doom and gloom. I'm happy with the effort of Dubé, Coleman, Coronado, and Markstrom. With all the talk, though, of individuals and not committee, is there a locker room issue? Uh, this says, why is everyone mad? Fans wanted a rebuild. This is it. The fan base will never be happy. Corey in South Calgary says, I think trade, uh, I think Tree rather should take Huberdeau and Kadri in Toronto for sticking us, sticking us with those two uh, that are going to cripple this franchise for the next decade. You swung for the fences trying to repair the ones that left and it didn't work, so he just walked away. Well, we have to live through this, and it doesn't even matter if they tank and try to rebuild this year, as Montreal would be the ones better. Benefiting uh, from the pick from the Monaghan trade. Uh, this from Dennis. My thoughts are this team isn't as bad as we saw this year so far, but let's be honest, uh, they're not going over with this assembled group. They unfortunately need to tank for a few years and draft some high picks. I was baffled from the start when they gave Huberdeau that contract without him playing one game. Anyone, Anyway, fan from day one and for life. Uh, this says... Um, just going through, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of texts, some that I can read, some that I can't read, not just because there's like inappropriate things. It's just more like some of these texts are very difficult to read with a lot of letters and a lot of words and things not coming in in, um, proper order. This reads just terrible. They don't deserve fans to come watch garbage like this, strip it down and don't spend to the cap. This group is nowhere near good enough. I'm glad I didn't re-up my season tickets with that type of disrespectful to the uniform display. There's no entertainment in that. Um, this says it's becoming increasingly increasingly apparent that Sutter overperformed with a bunch of players who didn't play for the crest, individuals to a T, and barely NHL level talents at that. We're eight games in, and I'm pretty confident that a majority of the fan base wants this blown up. Uh, this says from Will in BC, just saying Markstrom tonight was 941. That should win games, not on him. Uh, this from Vince, disheartening effort again, this team, um, those that care about this team and the city that supports them. I don't know what that's trying to see what I mean. These texts are difficult to read. Uh, no heart. What is the owner not wanting a rebuild? It's the same old story. Go young, play the younger players who will give their all Huberto Kadri, highest paid players. No heart, very disengaged. No heart. That's from Vince. Um, no heart is the, uh, is the word from Vince. Uh, this from Brad, Pat, this team's horrible. When they lost Johnny and Matthew didn't want to resign. They should have started to rebuild. Uh, Brad destroyed this team. This says, Pat, I'm actually glad they keep losing. This team needs a rebuild. They need a top three pick. 
We've seen this dance way too many times before. I'm sick and tired of it. Uh, this from Brenda. I feel sorry for the fans who paid good money to watch that dumpster fire tonight. New coach, new GM, new captain, same results. They aren't a team, and they have no pride in being a Calgary Flame. Unacceptable. This from Dave. This is single-handedly the worst game I've witnessed in person. I'm a season ticket holder who lives just outside of Edmonton, and I put more effort filling up at the Petrocan and Red Deer than the Flames did all night. I'd like to inquire on behalf of all fans in attendance where we get our refunds for that turd. If they re-sign Lindholm or Hannafin, it would be a huge mistake. This team needs anything but more of the same. Trade who you can, rebuild from the draft, and hope that Huberdo and Kadri can work on their leadership with the younger guys who would have come in as no one is taking on those anchors. Going to the Heritage Classic on Sunday and honestly not looking forward to it, only solace is the Oilers going through the same. Woof. This from Christian. Was at the game tonight, and I've never seen more of a poor display of hockey in my life. The turnovers killed us. I don't think the penalty on Uyghur should have been a penalty at all. Zadorov's the only one who showed up. Um, on a side note, would it be okay to text you privately via DM or Instagram uh, for some broadcasting tips? Yes, uh, go ahead. Uh, that's not a problem at all. Um, <laughs> I can't read that text, but it's funny. Um this says, Pat, I'm not complaining or apologizing. I'd like to make a statement to ownership. Um, when it's time, it's time to do the right thing. Work on building an identity for the Flames. Surely there's got to be some smart hockey people in the organization to do this. The NHL's constantly changing offensively. This team is still finding themselves constantly at the wrong end of the puck battles, creating breaks. Enough already. Break up the Flames and start the rebuild already. The Heritage game is the whole damn season. Beat the Oilers. That's the Flames battle cry this season. Um, this from Kevin. Long time no talk. We'll text in more often. Work a lot of nights, though. Uh, Megan's comments about playing this game for free compared to how much money these players make hit hard. Love her perspective. Great ad. I agree. That was a really good comment. Um... This says, I'm 42. I've seen it all with this organization. This is the worst Flames team I can remember. We have an organizational problem. No one wants to be here. Bigger than a coach. Bigger than the players. They're all trapped with these two contracts. No way they should re-up Lindholm and Hannafin. Markstrom's playing well enough to get traded, and they can finally bring Wolf in. Uh, this says, Pat, isn't it evident that getting rid of the coach last year did not solve any problems in the dressing room, judging how the players are playing thus far? What do you see in terms of options going forward? Is it possible to buy out Kadri and Huberdo on a positive night? Hu- uh, note, rather, huge respect to Z, who calls it as he sees it. Uh, do I think it's buyout territory? Well, you can't do that until the end of the season. So um, I don't think um, buying out uh, and hampering sticking yourself with 14 years on a Huberdo contract and 10 years on a Kadri contract's the way to go, but that's just me. Um, this from Jared in Lethbridge. The rage and anger of wasting three hours a game day has subsided. I feel like that parent with the repeat offender child. I'm not angry anymore, just supremely disappointed. Let's contact the Oilers and agree on a banner and a trophy. Maybe even Cracker Jack rings for winning the winning team on Sunday. It might be as close as we get to the playoffs on a real trophy. Both fan bases need something to celebrate. Let's channel our international predators and celebrate all the small things. Two losing streaks, no McDavid, frosty fans. It'll take some master classes in public relations to hype this matchup. Uh, Stu in Tuscany. Patty, here's the problem. 
They've got a team of non-stars making star money uh, with guys who don't like each other, coached by a guy who's over his head, managed by a guy who's over his head, managed by a couple who are over their heads, managed by an owner who doesn't sh- care about the fan base. was great to see $30 lower bowl tickets tonight. Looks good on the Flames. Hopefully fans speak with their wallets and upper management listens. This is the worst on-ice product the Flames have ever had. The only thing I would take offense to is, I, I think, not offense to, umbrage with maybe is the better word, or the only thing I'd punch, uh, push back on would be, I think it's a little early to say that Craig Conroy or Ryan Huska are over their head at this point. It's it's still eight games in. Conroy's got a, a long-term plan and, and a long-term vision. He's one off-season and eight games into it. And Ryan Huska's got a, a long-term vision as well with them and is eight games into it. So that would be the only part that I push back on there with Stu and Tuscany. Sam writes, Pat, let the Boo Birds reign. What an embarrassing effort tonight for a team that night after night has said we have to be better show early urgency and work together. Another great wasted performance from Markey. I'm really concerned about this team's connectivity and lack of scoring punch, and it's only game eight. Going to the Heritage Classic on Sunday, I hope they show up, i.e. the whole $22 million plus of Kadri, Huberdo, and Lindholm. They need a buy-in from everyone in order for any form of success. Um, whew. And one more. This from Mike in Calgary. Man, Nikita just sounded sad and embarrassed. I feel for the guys right now. They're playing their balls off, but it's not for a full 60. There you go. The text line lit up on this uh, Thursday night at 969.60. The phone lines remain jammed as well at 403-240-4444. Let's get back to them. Flames lose 3 nothing to St. Louis. They've lost four in a row and six of seven. My name is Pat Steinberg. This is your Flames Talk post-game show, and Kent is up next. What's going on, Ken? Hey, Pat. Ken Curry. I'm a little better organized than I was the other night, so sorry about that. But Hey, you were fine. Hey, uh, listen here. Just first of all, Parsons with his text. If anyone re-listens to this tomorrow, that guy hit the nail on the head. So highlight listening to him, all you Flames fans. Now, my first thing is Robert there. God, God love that man's soul. His passion He's just got to get a little not so rambunctious there. Like I had a problem with that this last week, and if if we get too uh, riled up like that, it's not not good for the health, eh? So I, he's he's, he's okay. He's okay. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. He's it's, okay. it's all about the jersey. I totally agree. I'm a mid forties guy. I got twenty year old kids, and we've been collecting jerseys forever. I got eight or nine Flames jerseys, the Flurry, the Eddie Beers, Paplinski, McKinnis, Zadorov, and Wolf, so I'll be wearing them to the game, sure. But I'm actually, like, I'm not going to be negative like everyone else, but if you're a hockey purist, you go to the games, like, we're still going to go to our original sixes, Buffalo coming to town, I want to see the Avalanche. So I'm still going to go to probably eight or nine games, spend, spend my couple grand, and I'm actually looking at this on the bright side. Like, fans are going to get fed up, and there won't be attendance, and the booze will ring down. I'm actually, it's like the late 90s or the early 2000s. I could have went to any game I wanted to. They had the game packs. And so on that note, like, that that's a positive spin, I guess, be able to get to the games easy. And just one other thing, like, when I go to the games, I sit in the handicapped dens, and I have a cowboy hat on, like, you uh a real open crown, real McCoy cowboy hat. So if Robert 
yourself, it'll be hard to come down. But if Robert ever wants to come with me and just shoot the, you know what, and talk, talk hockey there, I'd love to talk to the man and pick his brain. And one other thing for him, if he's looking to redeem himself with his lady friend, travel out to Brooks or Drumheller and catch a junior A game. Like they're they're really good products, and that might be a, a way to get her back. So have a have a good night there, and I don't know. Good luck with the rest of the year. I mean, keep your chin up, and I think there's going to be a lot of dead time in the air because you can't with the fans going off and stuff. You can't really disagree with them, and I. You know, there's not a lot you can say. So best of luck, man, and have a good night. And cheers to all the loyal Flames fans like myself. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate it, pal. Uh, Let's say hello to Travis following a 3 nothing loss. What's up, Travis? Hey, Pat. What's up? I don't know what what to think right now. This is – we haven't talked in a few games, but um, it's not looking good. It's not looking good, Pat. Um. What is this team going to do anyways? Honestly, it's not going to do anything. Like, we're just the same old thing, New Year, honestly. Even if Huberto... Now, I do want to say, I do want to say, the last time we talked, and we're only eight games in, you were feeling (laughs) pretty... pretty You were feeling very optimistic. So, I'm not saying that you're you're wrong for losing that optimism. I'm just just asking because, you know, it's you, and uh, I just want to know what has changed. I just, we don't have it. This, uh, I just don't think we have it, man. Um, I think you'd be super scared to lock Lindholm up at this point, and Hannafin not so much. But we don't have scoring, man. We don't have scoring. Our power plays atrocious right now. We don't have any scoring. Like, what do we do? <laughs> We're just gonna have everyone locked up. There's no hope if we do that. We need to move them for younger assets. We need to get faster. We need to get bigger. We look slow. We're a slow team. And I know I, I say that every time we chat, but it's just true facts. Overall, we're slow. We're not very big. We have a couple big players. But overall, we're not big. Our, our people we want to be skilled players are overall pretty small. <laughs> like Manjapani, Dubé, these are people we're relying on. Like, this was supposed to be a pretty good mix. Coleman plays tough. He's not that big. Backman plays strong. I, I don't know. Well, what you're, what, what, you're, what you're kind of describing is one of the issues that I think the Flames have right now, and that is the fact that they're, they don't really have an identity. And, and as such, because they don't have an identity, it's kind of you don't know exactly what they are right now. So, yeah, I think, I think that you're, you're kind of describing one of the issues that they really are facing right now. I'm like, we can hope and dream all we want, but, you know, Markstrom was – goaltending was a big problem last year. Markstrom's not the problem right now. If it wasn't for him, we'd get blown out in some of these games. Mm-hmm. Um, tonight, like, yeah, we lost 3 nothing. He made some big saves, too. <laughs> we could have got blown out of the building. How many good chances did we actually have? Not the a one ton. Coleman one to start the game? Yeah, not a <laughs> like, ton. Right? Like, so it's like, it's disheartening. And it's not even like St. Louis is some juggernaut here. They're having trouble scoring, too. There's, like, if you look at the stat, they're thing. Yep. So, like, they're blown, you know? So it's like, and then and then we play a, a backup goaltender as well. 
Guys, I mean, I, I don't, I don't like who they, who, who was in net on the other side. I know that there's this whole thing about when the Flames play a backup goaltender. I saw a couple, a uh, couple messages about it today, and it's funny, and and it does tend to go this way. I don't disagree, but I mean, it wouldn't have mattered if it was Bennington or, um, or or anybody else, Roman Turek, or I'm trying to think of other St. Louis goaltenders over the years. It really Brian Elliott. It wouldn't have mattered who the goalie was tonight. I mean, Hofer was fine, but it wasn't really a game that the other goaltender stole or that the other goaltender was the, the big reason for um, like, this was not a stolen game from St. For St. Louis. Hofer made some stops, but was not really tested that much. Um, yeah. We, like, um, I just don't know what we do. Um, obviously love Lindholm as a player and he's a good pro. He's a really good player too. And and we'll be missing that if he leaves. But like, do you lock him up? Is he a nine million dollar player right now? I he, I as, as I as I said a little earlier, I'm I'm pumping the brakes the way things are right now on on going down long term contract roads. Yeah, I just don't think you can lock him in for eight years at nine million. I, and I, I I say that about. I'm not saying that they're going to do this, but I that that extends to Hannafin, that extends to Tanev. I just think right now you have to get a little. You know, the old term being intellectually honest. I think you got to sit back and see what your group is a little bit here, and I think that you need to determine in the next little while what is the best the best case scenario for your team is it is the best case scenario re-signing these guys well if the next 10 15 games are drastically different maybe the answer to that question is yes but if they're not it, it might become pretty clear abundantly clear that making a trade and and trading these guys for assets is the way to go. So I just that's why I say in my opinion I I'd, I'd I'd go into slow play mode a little bit here and and see if I can't get a little bit of a better grasp on my group before making you know franchise defining decisions like that. Yeah, you know, so so even like yeah, maybe you don't do a full rebuild but you have a lot of free agents right now. I think what three or four D men. You have. Oh yeah, they've got they've got have, the opportunity here to uh, get some really good assets. And, and like yeah, we we have Huberto, Kadri locked up long term. Still have some time on Coleman. Um, you know we have Weger and Anderson with a few years there. Obviously Weger long term. But the cap's going up quite a bit, and I think you could, it's, you know, Manjapani's up in a couple of years, Dubé's not signed. Back then, yeah, he's got three years left, but it's not like we're – there's still some flexibility in the years to come if they do it properly, I think. If they start actually changing their mindset and, and getting younger faster, getting draft picks, you know, hitting on some of those, I think I think you could tweak it too over the next several years and, and – maybe have a much better team. I know you got to build through the draft, but I think there's, you can build through prospects to the draft. There's many factors involved. You could just get four first overall picks. The Oilers are off to a worse start us. I think they'll obviously have the big guns and they're going to be probably okay, even though I don't want them to be, but, but like, it, it, there's no proper way to do it. <laughs> like there's some luck involved too. 
Uh, yeah, there's and, and, and Trav, I got to move on. I appreciate the call as always, but I mean, there's there's definitely luck that plays into it, um, and uh, when when it comes to the way some of these teams rebuild. But I mean, look, I mean, everybody's pointing to a team like Buffalo and saying that the the Sabers are um, a team that you know they they rebuilt and they. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, is is Buffalo clearly um, going back to the playoffs at this point? They're off to a three and four start, and uh, it's not like they're. It's not like they're going great guns either. So there's there's definitely risk in doing it. But I also think that if it becomes pretty clear that, you know, signing guys to long-term deals isn't the way to go because of the way your team is playing, I think there is some definite wisdom in – making some pragmatic trades if you're Craig Conroy and the Flames. Let's say hello to uh, Roxanne. What's going on, Roxanne? Oh, hi, Pat. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, yeah, I just was listening to your show, and uh, I, of course, agree with most of the callers. Um, we did hear Uyghur say that the team has to work harder, and we hear everyone saying they're disconnected, and et cetera, et cetera. And I just think that... Um, you know, do they know how to work harder? I, I don't believe they do. I think that, uh, like a lot of callers are saying, that these guys are just playing, you know, they're not playing hockey because they love it. They're playing because they're making so much money, and maybe that's the issue. Maybe they're making See, too much money. See, and the only money. thing I would say to that is that prior to tonight's game, I haven't really felt like there has been – I mean, yeah, tonight there was the, – the the effort, all that type of stuff was, was, pretty, was pretty putrid. But before that, I haven't really felt, in my opinion anyway, like there's been any type of – effort problem or you know compete or try issues with this group it's just been they haven't been they haven't been able to score they haven't been very good um in some of their execution so yeah tonight was worrisome because they they that was just an absolute stinker but that that the actual effort side of things prior to tonight hasn't been a big issue so that would be the only thing i would say to to that point right well, you know, on Tuesday, uh, we were at the game, and in one of the intermissions, they brought on the uh, really tiny players. And um, maybe the, maybe they should go and go to one of these games uh, where the little ones are playing and actually watch these kids. And maybe then they'll get some passion back for the game, and, and they'll realize that these kids are playing their hearts out because they love it. And maybe, and that's, I'm going to close on that, maybe then they will start to play with some passion. And also, um, I just want to say that uh, I don't know sometimes what they're doing at practice because whenever I've watched this team over and over and over again, even when they do you know, have a good effort, um, they are missing passes, they're not scoring, and they definitely don't know where the other player is going to be and any successful player or team uh, i'm thinking back way back now but the you know the the other when the two players went up they knew what they were going to do they could read each other's minds almost because they were playing as a team they were playing together and that's a huge 
problem. I think this team is disconnected and I don't care what coach they have because obviously, like many have said, you know, do you want to, they can't go with the rough coach. They can't go with the soft coach. You know, it's the players and they have to learn somehow. The only way they're going to do this is as a team. So that's how I'm going to close. Okay, Roxanne, give yourself a great night, hey? You too. Thanks a lot. Hey, no problem. That'll do it on the phone lines. That'll do it on the text line tonight. That'll wrap things up on this Thursday slash now as we're talking Friday morning on both the text line and the phone lines. Great stuff as always. Thank you very much for being a part of it. Um, let's do this. Let's get to tonight's final summary as the Flames obviously never led in this game. They uh, trailed starting at 11:23 of the first period. Shorthanded goal which would end up being the game winner from Kasperi Kapanen. Kapanen makes it one nothing on a shorty. A shorthanded breakaway. His first of the year from Oscar Sundquist at 11 23. Then just over two minutes later, Nick Letty would make it 2-0 St. Louis with his first of the year. Letty from Kevin Hayes and Alexei Torpchenko at 13-24 gave the Blues a 2-0 lead. They led 2-0 after 20. No scoring in the second, so it was 2-0 after 40. We go to the third period. And really no scoring for most of the third period into the final stretch where the Flames had their goaltender pulled. And from about 185 feet, Oscar Sundquist is able to bury an empty netter with his first of the year. Sundquist from Robert Thomas at 17.50 into the empty net to make it 3-0, which would end up being your final score. Final shots were 34-26 in favor of St. Louis. Calgary goes 0-2 on the power play. St. Louis 0-4 with the man advantage. Your three stars in the building tonight, number three, Robert. Thomas, number two, uh, Joel Hofer in net for St. Louis, and number one, Jacob Markstrom in net for Calgary. With the loss, the Flames fall to two, five, and one. They're back in action Sunday on the road for the Heritage Classic in Edmonton, while St. Louis improves to three, two, and one. They're back in action tomorrow on the road in Vancouver. That'll wrap us up on our final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey tonight for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson for our on-site engineers, Tim Khalil and Jeff Mason for our reporter, Matty Rose, and for our outstanding producer, welcome back to Azam Nanji. My name is Pat Steinberg. That'll wrap us up on our Flames Talk post-game show available wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Next up for the Flames is the Heritage Classic. It's Sunday in Edmonton. We'll be on the air at 2 o'clock with a little a big show live from Commonwealth Stadium. That'll take you up to 4 o'clock for our Flames warm-up pregame show. The puck will drop with Derek and Megan just after 5 o'clock for the Heritage Classic between the Flames and Oilers from Commonwealth Stadium. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your week. Have yourself a great Friday. We'll talk to you on the weekend from Edmonton. Final score from the Scotiabank Saddle dome tonight an ugly one flames fall three nothing to the st louis blues this has been your flames talk post game show available wherever you get your podcasts and this has been calgary flames hockey on sportsnet 960 the fan